When HBO's new animated series Velma premiered last week, not many people could have predicted the backlash it would generate against its star, Mindy Kaling, who voices the main character and serves as an executive producer on the show. The reason this had the biggest premiere for an animated show on HBO Max is because it's the only animated show left on HBO Max. I was super open to being pleasantly surprised, but that didn't happen. In fact, the first two episodes are worse than I expected. Mindy, whatever your name is, <laughs> you, you're becoming very predictable and it's becoming very blatantly obvious that you hate yourself and you for some reason don't like being Indian. Have y'all seen the reactions to this new Velma series? It is rough. We need to talk about Mindy Kaling. But there were a lot of people who were cool with Velma being Indian, but say that Kaling's spin on her perpetuates racial stereotypes. I think Velma may actually be one of the most repulsive, creatively bankrupt, nasty, mean-spirited, and reprehensibly terrible things I've ever watched in my entire life. Take it easy, it's just a drawing. Hello everybody, it is me, Salem, and welcome to my podcast. Audios from my YouTube channel that you can carry wherever you go, in your ears and heart. Today we're going to be talking about Velma and how everyone is super mad at the show being created. We're also going to talk about Mindy Kaling and her self-inserts. I'm also going to be talking about how... Um, you know what they could have done better but also the way bigger societal conversation that's being had about this show so stick around hello everybody it is me salem and welcome back to my chanel how are you guys doing <coughs> i'm sick no literally i'm really sick right now i know i don't look it because i'm just that good at makeup or i'm just that good at hiding my true feelings deep down inside i'm not quite sure what i have i've already taken two bovid tests and they both came out negative so i don't know i think i'm just fighting something right now fighting these demons but y'all know even though i'm feeling sick i'm still gonna try to upload a video for you guys every single other sunday i'm trying to be more consistent for this new year and i have not failed yet i'm really proud of myself so drop a like for your girl because i I'm not feeling good. I am doing makeup inspired by Scooby-Doo because this week's topic is going to be about Mindy Kaling's Velma failed TV show that literally everyone and their damn grannies are mad about. I just want to start off this video by saying yes, so many people have talked about this topic, okay? I get it. I did a poll on my community tab asking you guys whether you guys wanted me to talk about, you know, the female gaze guy from TikTok or about the Mindy Kaling Velma situation. And y'all did not like either suggestion, but um, I'm gonna do it anyways because my channel. Like, yes, everyone's talking about this topic, but I haven't. If I wanted to make a five hour long commentary video essay on paper clips, y'all should still wanna watch. You guys are subscribed for me, duh. And even though some topics have already been covered, I still very much can contribute to the conversation. Especially because I think there's lots of hysteria around the topic. And you guys know that I like to remain as neutral as possible with a lot of controversial topics. 
people are obviously allowed to be like upset and feel some type of way about the Velma show. I will say, however, some of y'all are exaggerating, acting like this is the worst show ever, that this is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of humanity besides the meteor that wiped out all the damn dinosaurs. People are out here personally attacking Mindy Kaling as if the woman murdered their entire family, all while forgetting that one of the main producers is nepotism baby Charlie Grandy. And for some reason, everyone's forgetting that and he's not getting even half of the hate that Mindy Kaling is getting, even though he has just as much power over the show. And people are forgetting that the show wasn't originally supposed to do with anything Scooby-Doo, but it was pushed onto Kaling by HBO Max or else they wouldn't have fund her show. But there's just a lot of stuff that a lot of people aren't talking about and that's just not the approach I'm gonna take in this video. However, I will say that this is also not me defending Mindy Kaling and saying that she's free from criticism because I'm definitely going to be giving some sort of critiques and also deep dive into what I think the show could have done better. There's also not me defending Mindy Kaling and anything problematic that is tied to her. Let's use our context clues, people. I'm only here to talk about her self-inserting into projects that she's a part of and also the show but also the larger conversation around the show and Mindy Kaling. Just had to get that out of the way because I know how y'all get in the comments. So there's that but I also want to mostly talk about the deeper layers to this whole entire situation because you guys know I make everything much more deeper than it has to be. It's my talent. I mostly want to talk about the conversation surrounding Mindy Kaling as well as the Velma show of course but mostly the conversation that is being surrounded by it it has become incredibly politicized and just i think i don't think people i don't think y'all understand <laughs> like people hate 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 this show it has a six percent on rotten tomatoes it's it's a lot that i'm going to be talking about such as making originally white characters into other races the of high school students within the show, the problematic nature of the show itself, Mindy Kaling and her problematic self-insertion in almost every project that she does, how the stereotypes in this show and how Mindy suffers from that in her writing, the morality and the politicization and the unnecessary politi- politi- Political, oh my god, politicize, politicalization of the show. Did I say it right? Who cares? It doesn't matter. This is YouTube. I ain't a damn scientist. Do I look like Elon Musk? I wish. I wish I had Elon Musk money. But alas, here I am complaining about Scooby-Doo. The real mystery is how I can get another job. Anyways, part one. Mindy Kaling and all her projects and how it all led up to Velma. And the flop that, that it was. Yeah. Vera Mindy Chocolingham was born in June 24th, 1979, known professionally as Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling is an American actress, comedian, screenwriter, and producer. She first gained recognition starring as Kelly Kapoor in the NBC sitcom The Office, for which she also served as a writer, executive producer, and director. And for her work on the series, she was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Writing in a Comedy Series, and five times for Outstanding Comedy Series. However, before her big break on The Office. 19-year-old sophomore at Dartmouth, Kaling was an intern on The Late Night with Conan O'Brien. After college, Kaling moved to Brooklyn, New York, where she worked as a production assistant for three months on the crossing over with John Edward psychic show, which she described as depressing, and instead worked on stand-up comedy. Then in August 2002, Kaling portrayed Ben Affleck in an off-Broadway play called Matt and Ben, which she co-wrote with her best friend, Brenda 
Withers, who played Matt Damon. And the play was so good that it was named one of Time Magazine's top 10 theatrical events of the year. Greg Daniels hired Kaling in 2004 as a writer slash performer for The Office, which was a huge hit and still is. Then in 2012 through 2017, Kaling gained a wider attention for producing and even starring in her own show, The Mindy Project, as well as the NBC sitcom Champions, appearing in five episodes of Four Weddings and a Funeral, the Netflix comedy drama series Never Have I Ever, also the HBO Max's comedy drama series The life of college girls. She also dabbled in a lot of voiceover work for Despicable Me, Wreck-It Ralph, Inside Out, which is really cool. And Sis also had a singing career. Well, not really. It's still a bop though. Up until Velma, Mindy has had a really strong career, very successful pieces of work, and a pretty strong devoted fan base. Not only because she's incredibly talented and creative and genuinely funny, but also because she was viewed as a, an inspiration for many Southern Asians, people of color, people of immigrant families, to see someone like them succeed on the big screen. Everything was all fine and dandy and peachy until her project Velma basically kind of threw Mindy into her flop era. Velma was announced as an adult animated series that follows Velma Dinkley, a member of the beloved Scooby-Doo franchise, through her adolescence. This version deviated from previous Scooby-Doo projects with its diverse cast makeover, Velma's LGBTQ identity, and its promise of a full backstory of how the cast came together as well as the backstory for Velma. Although Mindy Kaling stars as an executive producer and voices the main character, Charlie Grandy is actually the head person in charge that developed and created Velma. And he literally has his own production studio, which is just called Charlie Grandy Productions, which is the most uncreative production company name I've ever heard of, but whatever. Some of you guys might think that this is a random guy, but no, actually he's a nepotism baby, his dad being Fred Grandy, also known as Frederick Lawrence Grandy, who was an American actor who played gopher on the sitcom The Love Boat, and then later became the member of the United States House of Representatives from the state of Iowa. Charlie and Mindy are no strangers when it comes to working together, as he has also had collaborations with Saturday Night Live, The Mindy Project, The Office, Four Weddings and a Funeral, and Champions, which were all projects that Mindy was very familiar with too. They came together to create an adult animated series. It has been rumored that they originally wanted to make a regular adult animated series that was not Scooby-Doo based. It has not been confirmed, but many people are saying that word is going around that the reason why that pitch didn't work out is because HBO Max didn't want to fund anything that didn't have any sort of franchise behind it. So they kind of pushed hard for Mindy and Charlie to scoop up the Scooby-Doo series. And with that, they had to change a lot of things for the TV show to kind of fit the narrative of Scooby-Doo and their previous show, as well as it being an adult animated show. So there was a lot of <laughs> things at stake and unfortunately, it just didn't work out in the long run. The show itself doesn't work as a Scooby-Doo franchise, and it also doesn't work as a standalone adult animated series. Now, you might think that criticism for the show Velma barely started like a week ago when the episodes actually dropped. The whole Velma drama 
has gone all the way back to actually last year when the art for Velma was released. Daphne was turned into an Asian woman. Velma became a Southern Asian woman. Shaggy was turned into a black man. And Fred was the only one who stayed to his original race in the original series which is just a white Giga Chad. And almost immediately, the internet went up in flint. Girl, hold on. Okay, I'm back. My husband got back from the grocery store. He got me some Ricola because my throat be hurting so bad. Ricola. Um, if the CEO of Ricola is watching this, which of course they are like they're literally subscribed um sponsor me sorry to those who don't like the sound of people talking with something in their mouth but like i'm literally dying so deal with it part two race swapping character designs character assassinations and all of the stuff that pissed everyone off on the internet and why i think it's not that so almost immediately, a lot of people were upset, not only at the race swapping, but also at the character designs themselves. Looking at the character designs, I actually don't think that they're bad. I actually think they're really cool. Norville looks awesome. Same with Daphne, Velma and Fred, they all look good. However, for some reason, the art design for Fred when it was announced looks completely different than the other characters but his official character design also matches with the aesthetic of the other characters, which I still think is not that bad as people are making it out to be. The only way you know these characters are inspired by the OG Scooby-Doo cast is literally just their color palettes and their schemes. Other than that, um, who are these people? Literally. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. I actually don't think the character designs are a total trash fire. I actually think they're really cool. They're clean and concise. However, not for Scooby-Doo. I think these characters look a lot more original than inspired by the OG cast. The only way you can tell it's inspired by the OG cast is because of the color schemes and the outfits. Other than that, these would be pretty cool characters outside of Scooby-Doo. And before some of y'all get triggered and start going off in the comments, so you're saying there's no room for people of color in the Scooby-Doo universe? That's what you're saying, that's what you're saying. Use your context clues. The art style does not match with the OG Scooby, duh. Makes sense, they, they want to make it modern. It makes sense, right? But it is different. But different doesn't necessarily mean bad, which is why I say I actually like the character designs. Something that has also bothered me is no one is giving the animators their flowers. Sure, the content itself, you can disagree with all you want, but we can't take away the fact that these are obviously very talented animators and they're just trying to do their jobs and to attack their work is just so dumb to me. Animators get treated so poorly as it is in the film industry that I'm just not going to contribute to that. I think criticism is fine. Obviously, everyone's allowed to put in their two cents, but to say that these character designs are an atrocity and a disgrace to the human race is really honestly too far. For example, when it comes to the whole race swapping thing, the animators are just doing what they're told to do. They're not the producers. They're not the writers. Yes, they are the visionaries, but they also work with other people 
to create these characters. So to blame the animators for stuff outside of their control is, I just, it just ain't it guys, like for real. The only criticisms that I have for the art style is I wish Fred looked a little bit more jock-ish, which was according to his original design. And I wish that Shaggy, AKA Norville, had maybe with like a beanie or something to represent more of that kind of chill feel with the OG Shaggy. I think it would have been cool to also allow Velma to still have freckles. People of melanated skin can still have freckles or beauty marks. So I don't know why they got rid of that. I think they're really cute. And I feel like even with this new current character, it would make her even cuter because I actually really like her design. So I'm not sure why they got rid of that. Bruh, I can breathe so much better now after taking that Ricola. Hashtag not sponsored, but hashtag should be. The only criticism I have for Daphne's redesign is I really wish they could have kept the bangs. I think that that's like such a cute part and especially her headband. I have a problem with the character designs. I have absolutely no problem with the race switching. I feel like a lot of people make that into a way bigger problem than it actually is. And we see it all the time nowadays and I honestly don't know why. Like the whole Little Mermaid thing that was happening recently of how the Little Mermaid isn't black. You guys shouldn't make the Little Mermaid black. She's a fish, calm down. You will live, you will live. And I feel the same with, you know, these Scooby-Doo characters. I just don't think race swapping is that big of a deal that people think. I think the reason why a lot of people get uncomfortable with it is because they feel like it's forced diversity. And look, I'm gonna just be honest. Forced diversity can only be forced if you don't like it. If you did like it, then it would just be diversity. So you're the only one who has a problem with it. I will say, however, there are certain situations where I feel like sometimes the film industry or producers and writers insert a character of color or of different cultural background just to get brownie points and they make their characters just like, that's like their only personality. I'll take my race for example, there's been plenty of shows where they add like a Hispanic character and their only characteristic is to be like stereotypically loud and speak Spanish and it's like, come on now, y'all can do better. But I don't think that it applies to character designs that are switched with race but still stay true to the character or have some sort of characteristics that are outside of their race, gender, or cultural background background that it's a part of them it's an addition to who they are but not only what they are you guys know what i mean and you know what's crazy to me back in the 90s race swapping was so normal like do y'all not remember the whitney brandy cinderella story and cinderella was black and, and the prince was filipino like no one really bat an eye to that and as kids we all were chill with it we're like okay i just like it wasn't that deep i wasn't focused on cinderella being black i was focused on her pretty pretty glittery dress like <laughs> But I don't know why it's become such a huge problem now. I know that a lot of people say that it's a problem now because they're taking big franchises with in-depth lore and meaning to people, which I understand people having a certain connection to a character that looks a certain way. You know, they have a vision in their head of The Little Mermaid, for example, you know, she's white, redheaded. They have a connection to that version of The Little Mermaid, right? And that's perfectly fine. And then to see their OG comfort character be turned into something else, it 
creates uncomfortable feelings. However, I don't know how to feel with people becoming uncomfortable with characters for just switching their race, especially because I feel like Haley really embodies a Disney princess. She's very elegant. She's very dainty, if you will. And I feel like the characterization is more important than how the character looks. Like Ariel's very much like, hmm, you can't tell me what to do, dad. I'm gonna go with this hot prince, even though I just met him two seconds ago. First of all, stranger danger. Second of all, we all know with these recent Disney remakes, they're probably gonna twist it somehow so that they're not as problematic. But I have full confidence that Haley's gonna do a good job embodying the wanting to go outside into the outer world, you know, character and she can sing very well so i don't see a problem with it but obviously that is logic applied to characters who have been race swapped but are fundamentally the same character i feel like a lot of people are kind of mad at the velma show because not only have the characters been race swapped which shouldn't be a big deal but mostly they're angry at the characterizations themselves and how different they are from the original cast but people have to remember that this is supposed to be you know, dark adult humor. Of course, the characters aren't going to be the wholesome Hanna-Barbera versions of the cast. And that would have been a cool, fine spinoff. I feel people would have been chill with that if it was written well. But unfortunately, none of these characters were written well at all because the characterizations are completely wrong. And that's what's making people so annoyed with the new Velma reboot. Aside from changing the character's appearance, they also have completely, almost like borderline created just new characters completely. There isn't even a single thing, not even a single cell, not even a single particle, not even a single single nucleus reminiscent of the OG characters in any of these characters. And I know what some of you guys are thinking. Well, it's supposed to be modern and it's supposed to be like, edgy and stuff. I understand that, but you can definitely play on these characters so well without flanderizing them. Part three, I think, analyzing the characteristics of each character and what they could have done better, but also deep diving into the problematic nature of the show itself, such as minors, body shaming jokes, and all the sus stuff that's going on in this show. Velma in the OG series was a friendly, geeky, very intelligent character, and now in Mindy Kaling's version of Velma is a cynical, depressed, really rude version of Velma. Daphne is a bubbly, loving, fun character and can be klutzy sometimes, but in this new Velma reboot, she is a rude, narcissist narcissistic mean person so again like the evil version of Daphne same with Fred they basically made him like evil and narcissistic as well and then Norville is just kind of a simp and I'm just like what <laughs> literally what I don't see how that ties into their original characters. And there's still a way to keep the OG characteristics of the OG cast within a new modern darker humor reboot without completely beslurching their characteristics. I actually think that Velma being a dark humored character is actually really 
cool. I genuinely think that they're trying to go the Daria route. The reason why Daria's cynicism and blunt humor and her calling people out was so funny was because everyone else around her was so bubbly and lively. But in Velma, the new series, everyone kind of matches that level of stank attitude <laughs> with her so there is almost no humor to it it would have been funny for velma to be the quirky one and everyone else to be you know play the straight man no not that straight man this straight man which is a phrase used basically to describe a character that is the normal one in the series there's also opposite examples where there's like one straight man character and then the rest are super quirky which is kind of like the office where jim and pam are considered the straight men and then the rest are quirky characters and their universe is balanced out because it isn't all the characters being quirky you need balance not everyone can be quirky this ain't no damn my hero academia if you wanted to make the main cast quirky that's fine but at least one of them especially the main character should either be the only quirky one or the only straight man of course there are a lot of tv shows that break that rule but i feel like because of just the route that they're trying to go for in this particular show maybe that would have been a better approach i mean what do i know i'm not a screenwriter but i do have taste and unfortunately my taste for this is worse than snail po i don't really understand why they made shaggy a simp i don't understand how that correlates to his main character at all i don't know if they're trying to be like meta and be like everyone is gonna expect him to be a wheat head so instead let's make him like a goody two shoes it's like sometimes it's better to go with what everyone expects because it would be funny make it funny him being a simp has nothing to do with his og character and that's what i mean it's like sometimes it's okay to go with people's expectations especially if it's what everyone has always wanted to see and be confirmed from you know a character like shaggy that for years people have made fun of for being like a stereotypical pothead and then fred is like the main main character that people are upset about the most because mindy made his character to be kind of like a pathetic frat boy that's like super rude and narcissistic and full of himself and mm, i love daddy's yacht like i love daddy's money don't touch me or i'll sue like very much that and a lot of people are upset because the og fred was like you know a leader and stuff and he was actually a really good person which i don't think is valid criticism because again this is meant to be a like dark modern comedy keeping fred that way would only be funny again if there was a balance of a straight man character and the other quirky characters but unfortunately the new velma reboot kind of fails to have that balance so having fred as a crazy narcissistic person doesn't seem like it's funny i feel like with every single character i kind of understood where they were trying to get at but they just couldn't get there i think conceptually a lot of these characters are funny but the execution was just not it I think making Fred into like this frat boy who can't do anything for himself is kind of funny um, but it wasn't executed right at all. I think Fred's character as this spoiled frat boy would have worked if and only if they kind of went the Tamaki Oron High School route. Yes, I can't believe I'm mentioning Oron High School. <laughs> oh god, I have no friends. Anyways, uh <laughs> and I just want to say for the record this show is not the best i was a huge fan of it when i was like in middle school there's a lot of problematic crap in this show just had to get this out of the way because i know how y'all get in the comments man get out of the comments damn 
Anyways, let's get back to the topic, which is hot rich people who are animated. But basically, Tamaki is one of the main characters from Oran High School Host Club, who is the founder and president of the Host Club. And his character is meant for you to kind of root for him, despite him being like a rich ass. But the way that they gain sympathy for him is that he's genuinely well-meaning towards Haruhi. I, I can't recall the scene exactly since it's literally been like seven years since I last watched the show. Wait, actually no, it's been like 10 years. Oh my god, I'm so old! Anyways, if some of you guys have seen the anime, there's this one scene where Haruhi invites the club over to her house and she uses water instead of milk for tea, or is it the other way around? Honestly, don't remember, but the whole point of the scene was that the club members were trying to be as nice as possible while secretly judging her that she couldn't afford milk because Haruhi is considered a lower class individual compared to everyone else in the host club. And they go about it in a way where they're acknowledging that the club hosts are kind of rich snobs, but they still have a heart for Haruhi, and I feel like that type of route, if they went with Fred, his dynamic with Velma, it would have been a lot nicer to see, and the dynamic would have been a lot funnier, and it would have helped everyone kind of not feel like Fred deserves all this backlash, and it would have helped people feel like Fred isn't just being completely you know, character assassinated. And I feel like that kind of goes with every single character is that there is ways where the writers could have still been meta and have dark humor, but still gain some sort of sympathy and empathy for the characters. But for some reason, they just didn't want to go that route at all. I'm not sure why you can still very much have balance of everything. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe they were just trying to go like the quirky, out of this world, we're all we're all negative and we all hate people. We're out. Hmm. It's like that's fine, but at the same time, you're gonna have to. You are gonna get a lot of backlash from that because it's not. It's an approach that's very hard to do well, especially because that's not a dynamic that you see in a lot of TV shows at all. Because again, there's always balance of the straight man, or there's always some sort of sympathy for the characters in some sort of way. Anyways, even the jokes are kind of like not. It's not that they're not funny. Well, some are genuine. Some are funny. Some are funny. But the majority are just kind of like cop-out jokes that aren't like creative, I guess. Let me explain. For example, for Fred's character, the main joke is that he has a small private area and that he hasn't hit puberty yet. And I just, I don't know about you guys, but I just like don't find those jokes funny. Those type of jokes are so, I'm like so over it. It's not even funny. Like, I hear it all the time. I think it's like a cop-out joke. Like, it's lazy writing, in my opinion. It's also a lazy insult in real life. Like, instead of making fun of a man's nether regions, just attack him where it's actually gonna hurt. Like, how his dad left him at five years old. <laughs> That's funny. Like, be creative. And also, and also, this show tries to be woke and meta the entire time that it's so gag, like, boring, lame that it's kind of ironic that they would do a body shamey joke in a so-called woke meta show. Body shaming goes either way for men and women. It just makes no sense that in a show of supposedly diversity and representation and wokeness that they would allow a body shaming joke in there. Make it make sense. Another thing that I really did not like about this show was how much they 
sexualized Daphne and how they made her into like a stereotypical mean girl. Even though the best part of Daphne was that she was a woman who was smart and beautiful and was into fashion and was preppy and was helpful and kind and smart and sassy she was literally the definition of girl boss like are you kidding me but no instead within like the first 10 seconds of the first episode they realize her taking a shower which by the way that's absolutely disgusting and it's creepy as hell because reminder guys that the cast is supposedly in high school in this reboot high school you guys are showing high schoolers take a bath And first of all, I already know what some of you guys are gonna say. Well, they're just a cartoon. I don't care. I'm not watching stuff like that. I don't watch Euphoria for the same reason. I'm just not going to watch people who are portrayed as younger in really weird situations that are in any way sexual in nature or exploitative in nature. Sorry, you guys can call me a prude all you want, but I'd rather watch good shows that doesn't put minors in weird positions, even if it's fake minors, even if they're drawn. I have better shows to watch. Like Bluey, there is no Scooby-Doo. Apparently Mindy Kaling said that inserting a Scooby-Doo-like character in a franchise that's do Scooby-Doo would be too childish, which I mean, I guess. Like, couldn't you just make Scooby into like a figment of Shaggy's imagination or something? Or like a Nintendo pet that he could play with? Or I don't know, make like Scooby-Doo Shaggy's sleep paralysis demon or something. Be creative. And also Velma and Daphne are like lesbian and stuff, but also Velma has a crush on Fred, but then kisses Daphne and just, I don't know. Again, diversity adding people of color to the mix adding the lgbtq community into these projects i don't care like i literally don't care as long as you make the character good make the character good but you know what i'm tired of i'm tired of constantly seeing lgbtq stories surrounding violence and distasteful kind of love and i don't care if you guys call me dramatic velma literally hits daphne with a shovel upside the head in the opening scene to the entire show and then they kiss not even an episode passing by because they actually love each other it's like no like if you guys want to have lgbtq representation make the love story good why does it have to have violence? Why does it have to have... Th that makes no sense to me. Like, it's not funny. It's not cute. Since when do you hit your partner upside the head with a shovel? Again, I understand it's a dark comedy. I understand that these are just fake people. But I'm just kind of tired of people oddly misrepresenting LGBTQ relationships and shows. And almost portraying them as, like, toxic even though that's not how gay people are in real life. And it seems that a lot of people are too lazy to do good love story writing for gay people. I'm honestly just over it. Be creative, make it healthy. But onto the star of the show, unfortunately, Velma. Velma's character is... Uh. 
like super unlikable again i totally understand the vibe that they were trying to go for it was very like again it was very obviously supposed to be like you know daria like dark humor she's very meta she calls people out and whatever but it just doesn't work in this universe where every other character is also like that or shares that character trait because then you just feel bombarded with it at all times and i don't know about y'all but i just don't like woke meta humor like the whole I'm breaking the fourth wall. It's it's never really been like that funny to me. If anything, it like irks me. It like irks my soul whenever there's like meta humor. Gives me very much like Disney Channel humor. I just don't like Taylor that much. Oh, she's behind me, isn't she? Sweet niblets. Like, girl, no. And the worst part is I'd rather watch that than this where it's even worse where they're like i really hate tropes of misogyny where it's very like condescending almost there's literally a scene where velma is like imagine being an adult who still watches cartoons like first of all i feel attacked bluey is a good show okay second of all i understand the type of joke they were trying to go for because gravity falls made the same joke except they did it better there's also just other jokes that are like that where they're trying to call out tropes but then do the trope and i'm like okay i would say i only like nose laughed like three times in the series you know the type of nose laugh that you do when you're like just kind of blinking out and you hear something kind of funny you're like like that that was me and that's when velma said that fred copies off of her tests in spanish because he thinks she's mexican <laughs> Hey, I can laugh at that because I'm Mexican. I will say that is one thing is that they have a lot of like racialized humor. And I know a lot of people are like annoyed at that and are even offended over that. I think that joke is actually pretty funny because it is satirical humor about how very often Americans just assume all brown people are, you know, Hispanic. And that's funny. That's like a commentary joke, which I think can be funny. However, I will say there are a lot of jokes that are aimed and targeted towards other people of other races mostly white men that can come across as more bitter and hateful and more of a projection coming from mindy herself than an actual joke i think a lot of people need to get over it i'm a person that loves to laugh and if you make me laugh i'll probably be able to forgive you for anything however if you make a joke at my expense that doesn't make me laugh to me that's like the ultimate sin we've seen it in other shows before where white people or black people are made fun of but they do it in a way where it's tasteful and still like you know commentary or satirical and it's funny but because this show does a really bad job with writing in general it's not funny at all and just comes across as bitterness almost i totally understand why people would be offended i personally don't really care and this is where we talk about the ultimate thing which is mindy kaling and her self-inserting herself into the majority of her projects and kind of using them as a therapy session almost most, which makes it very awkward and cringy and distasteful to watch part four yay we're almost at the end well technically this is the end but anyways we're on part four and on this part we're going to be talking about mindy kaling and herself in inserts into her own projects and stuff and how she kind of makes women of color look bad sometimes and also she writes them to accept a lot of abuse, so let's talk about it. It's kind of weird. Now, I will say this. It's her show. She can do whatever the hell she wants with it. She can make whatever joke she wants with it, right? Within limits, right? Context clues, people. Use your context clues. 
um, I think that using your art, because yes, cartoons and screenwriting and writing in general is a form of art. I think using your art to heal yourself and call things out or use your experiences and show your experiences through there can be very healing and it can be very cool to see. It can be very funny. It can be very sad. It can help people relate, you know what I mean, to said experiences. However, there is certain tropes that Mindy Kaling always uses in every single one of her projects that frankly everyone including me are over one of them is demonizing white men but then also having the main character fall in love with them and this is what i mean about bad writing in general i understand the whole trope of enemies to lovers but there's a difference between enemies to lovers to characters bullying each other and then being okay with that at the end because they were just fun flirting like no like no th no that's ill like yuck look i'm gonna just be honest with you guys i hate the whole marvel chemistry you know the whole trope where they have like two people who clearly aren't into each other are polar opposites make snarky remarks towards one another have no chemistry whatsoever and then all of a sudden they make it so that they do have chemistry and all along the reason why they were so snarky to one another is because of the sexual tension and now they're gonna bang it's like no i no thank you i don't like this trope at all it's so cringy i hate it there's ne i've I never seen that trope with actual chemistry before it's always so cringy to me i get chills just thinking about it like that's just me and the fact that mindy constantly writes these white male characters to be clearly racist to be clearly privileged to clearly have these biases against south asian women or women of color calling them hairy calling them fat saying that they're too dark saying that they're not feminine enough like these are actual things that she makes these white male characters say to the women of color characters and then she writes these women of color characters to almost accept this verbal abuse and fall in love with them i'm i just can't couldn't be me if you talk to me like that to my face i'm literally bodying you and stealing your identity i'm not falling in love with you like what the hell is that what type of trope is that what type of warped thinking which i want to say that i understand her sentiments i understand that mindy grew up you know people were judging her skin color judging her weight judging her race i don't think people invalidating her projection will do anything <sighs> um i think it's really valid these are difficult conversations to navigate because it's almost like everyone's in the right you know what i mean like she's not wrong for having the experience that she has she's also not wrong in wanting to put that into her artwork but also we're not wrong for finding it distasteful and the people who are being made fun of the most aren't in the wrong for feeling like they're being villainized and i will say that there's a lot of trauma there there's a lot of hurt there. Anyone who has read through Mindy Kaling's books or interviews knows how she feels about herself and the way that she was raised. She literally has said, and I quote, that there is a everyone is against me mentality growing up as a child of an immigrant. I think people forget that everyone's experiences growing up 
are so different. And as a person who was the child of immigrants, I understand Mindy Kaling to an extent. And that's sometimes really traumatizing for certain people. And I feel like Mindy is the type of person that may have had a harsher, well, not even think she has said it, she had a harsher upbringing. And sometimes those experiences can really make you a bitter person. Her writing and her characters, it's almost like everything is like a pending doom because you are a brown woman and i'm just not a fan of that and i know a lot of south asians aren't a fan of that at all in fact so many south asians have gone on twitter and tiktok to talk about how mindy kaling portrays brown girls in her writing and how that enforces stereotypes and enforces and belittles brown women almost like enforcing to a younger audience or an audience in general kind of like oh you're a brown girl who's indian you should hate yourself you should hate yourself didn't you know that this is something that you're supposed to be self-conscious about and i think the main problem everyone has with this is that mindy kaling you can no longer relate to those problems anymore and don't get me wrong that's not me saying that at one point she didn't go through all that stuff because she did and trauma is very much real and she could still be in that headspace however one thing that i really don't like about rich people is that they want to be <laughs> They want to have problems so bad, even though it's okay to admit that you're no longer in the struggle state. That's everyone's like main thing that they want to achieve in life, right? To get out of the struggle. But now Mindy Kaling has enough privilege to pay her way to weight loss. You know, she has more accessibility to healthier foods and even um, weight loss assistance. She also has the privilege to buy plastic surgery. She looks completely different from, you know, before and after pictures. I think she's always been absolutely stunning before and after, but, you know, she can do whatever she wants, but this is to say that she has accessibility to a lot of privileged things, and I feel like it's just really annoying when rich people pretend to still be in the struggle, knowing damn well that you're not in the struggle anymore and you can easily pay your way to having um, higher status. And this isn't to say that she doesn't experience sexism, colorism, and racism still at her level, because that's, you know, stuff that um, can happen to you at any level of, you know, success. Um, I definitely don't want to invalidate that experience because I still see people to this day being incredibly racist when criticizing her work and I just don't think that's fair. If you're going to criticize her, criticize her fairly and the way I would criticize her is just the fact that she's pretending to be someone that she's just not anymore. So for Mindy Kaling to continuously create these stories of versions of brown women that she's no longer able to relate to. It's, it's a little exhausting, especially because I feel like right now the narrative of how people are viewing people, you know, of color who are um, gay and everything, I don't think a lot of people are wanting to see their trauma relived or their trauma exploited or to have their backstories only be about suffering. I feel like a lot of people, especially me, I mean, I'm personally tired of always seeing, you know, women of color being portrayed as almost like these punching bags of society. It's like, come on, I wanna see a story of them succeeding, them thriving, them being absolutely unconditionally loved, like all that good stuff. Like, I just wanna see a good, a good ass story honestly i think that stories of women of color 
overcoming things can be very beautiful obviously trauma is real and if you want to portray that as a writer i think that's so valid but i think it gets kind of tiring when you're playing it out for laughs and try to make it like this cute quirky thing like oh your trauma's cute and quirky like mm, i don't know about that <laughs> And it's so crazy to see that every single day there's more and more information that is coming out against Mindy Kaling ever since this whole Velma, you know, drama. Um, unfortunately, there has been essay allegations towards Kaling. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Obviously, I hope she faces some sort of accountability because that's literally so awful and should just go to show everyone that it doesn't matter how you're raised how you grow up with pain and trauma unfortunately you can still grow to be a just as terrible person and continue the cycle of abuse so please go get therapy, heal, love yourself so that we can make the world a better place because that really sucks. A user on Twitter literally said, I'm happy Mindy Kaling's style of writing brown girls that hate themselves wasn't around when I was younger and only became a thing when I was at the age where I loved my heritage and skin color. I can't imagine being young and already self-conscious and then seeing that portrayal. If you guys have any recommendations for shows or movies and books that show brown girls going through actual life journeys and not censoring it around white men or their hatred for their own culture send them here i mean they basically said said it all i think now more than ever people don't want to see that bitterness or that victimhood narrative again use context clues obviously you're valid in feeling that way no one's telling you to hurry up and heal hurry up and get over it no one's telling you that but i think now more than ever people have been just going through that experience for such a long time that now people want to see representation of people of color and and gay people going through actual life that doesn't have to do with just this immense self-hatred part five the Conclusion. It's okay to love yourself. Take back your power. It gets exhausting to watch, especially because now I feel like people want hope. People want to see powerful people. How did you make it through this? How did you become confident? How did you make it through the other side, you know? I understand that I, it can also be healing for certain people to want to see their experience on the big screen. Kind of like, hey, yeah, I went through that. But I think people are more so having the perception of why am i seeing my trauma being relived on tv <laughs> i want to see how people can overcome it not fix it by falling in love with the person that's bullying me for my culture which is what mindy killing is doing it was in the mindy project and now it's in the velma project i feel like velma was a project where mindy could finally get all her feelings out however i think that there is just a better funnier fun way to do it even if you want to do it like self-deprecate even if it's self-deprecate even if it's self-deprecating how do you say deprecating self-deprecating humor or dark humor and you want to talk about trauma and you know project and talk about your experience with you know growing up with colorism and white culture and everything i think there are ways to do that that's more tasteful and more fun even in a messed up dark humor way but it just comes off as a therapy session that we're being forced to witness and girl you rich we all know you can afford actual therapy so maybe do that instead of projecting all your insecurities onto your characters maybe 
a suggestion. I don't want this video to end on a negative note. I never want anyone to look at my videos and leave with a heavy heart. I know I don't want to ever end my videos and end my video with a heavy heart. So I will say that if Mindy Kaling is watching, because you know she is, you know she is, she's subscribed, she's subscribed. Or if you're someone who, who feels like they're not good enough or who has felt like Mindy has in the past or currently do still feel that way about yourself, just know that it's literally a problem of the head and it is a condition of other people's heart. If they do not see you for who you are and accept you and love you, that's not on you that's on them. And you accepting their hatred, their disapproval of you, isn't gonna do you any good. Trauma, heartbreak, all these horrible things that come with, you know, being human are hard to go through and I understand. But please do not fall into the trap. Do not believe the lie that you are alone, that you are unloved, that you are unworthy just because of your skin color or because of your weight or your culture. Like, that is a lie. That's a lie. It's not true. And you know what? If you have dark humor about the whole thing and you want to be meta or whatever, you can still do that. Just go about it healthily. Because I know sometimes when you joke enough in a self-deprecating way, sometimes it can eventually get to you and you normalize negative self-talk to yourself, which can really affect you. So always be careful with that. And I really hope that Mindy sees this backlash and criticism as a way to work on her writing and view this as an opportunity to become a better writer or to amp up the show a little bit more to balance the negative with more positive or more positive with negative whatever just have more balance in the show so it's not just so overwhelmingly negative and overwhelmingly just a lot <laughs> And to also be inspired to maybe write more characters that actually love themselves and can be brown at the same time. Also, if y'all getting this worked up and bent over a cartoon, y'all privileged, I'm sorry. If that's the biggest stressor in your life, a cartoon, go touch grass, please. All right, guys, that is it for today's video. Thank you guys so much for watching. Today's video was a doozy. It, it was a lot, but if you guys made it to the very end of this video, comment down a duck emoji down below and I'll know that you watched my entire video and that you're a real fan. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe so that y'all can get me back into the algorithm. <laughs> Anyways, comment down below what your guys' opinion is on the whole Mindy Kaling thing and the whole Velma thing. I wanted to do a deep dive that was more focusing on the outer conversation with this and not completely bashing Mindy and her show. I was still a little harsh but that's because I'm naturally sassy and opinionative and passionate but I really do want at the end of the day for you guys to keep it cute, keep it cordial in the comment section below. I am not afraid to block people and I do not care if I delete your comment. Keep it cute in the comments, keep it cordial, keep it respectful, keep it kind have educated conversation amongst one another please follow me on instagram and also i'm going to finally start tiktok so follow me on tiktok i have no idea what i'm going to post but i'll figure it out and before i let you guys go for today i want you guys to do something very important for me which is to enjoy the rest of your day cook your favorite meal remember to drink some water take a nap and remember when you go out there into the real world take care of one another uplift one another forgive and love each other unconditionally and i am gonna go take some night quill because i'm literally so tired <laughs> It's like 8 o'clock, which I know is not that late, but in sick time, that's basically 1am, so I'm ready to hit the hay. But I love you guys literally so much, and I will see you in the next video. Bye!